Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine, and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. Hey everyone, it's Amy Shine. Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. This is episode 13 and and today's episode is called Talk to the Plants and I have a special guest here, Monica Gillum. Did I say your last name right? You can say it however you want. I love your (laughs) accent. I I sometimes say Gilliam, but Gilliam. I just want you to speak to me. I just know her as Monica. I don't ever really say her last name. She's my friend Monica. She's a very, very magical, very different. Um, and Monica is, um, as well as being an access consciousness facilitator, she's actually a talk to the entities facilitator. And um, I actually shared a room with Monica a couple of years ago at a seven day event in Costa Rica. And I got to experience the real magic and joy she has. And um, Monica was like talking to me one day and she goes, yeah, when I go to places and I'm bored of people, I just go talk to the plants. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. I just <laughs> loved it so much. And so I knew Monica was very different. She, and you had, uh, you do have this like magic about you where you talk to everything and you're in communion with everything. And even the way you walk, cause you were a dancer as well. And you have this, like, you don't, like, you have this flow and this ebb and this grace. And, and it's like you're constantly in communion, like, with the molecules. And you're, you have this joy of communing with all things, be it plants, flowers, uh, trees, nature, bodies. And, you know, even if it's physical things, your computer, you know, like, all things. So... Today I got you on because you did just recently launch your Talk to the Plants class. And I just really wanted to ask you questions about it because it's really, I just love it. Oh, I'm so glad. Ask away. Um, well, so oh, be careful because I can talk on and on and on about it. So, okay. so I'll, I'll start with my first one. Uh, like, how the hell do you talk to plants, Monica? Well, I mean, the the really simple thing is that you just engage with the energy of it. And so, you know, for me, it's easy because I really enjoy plants. And so I'll notice right away if a plant is very vibrant or if it's kind of looks like it's withering or something like that. And I just kind of turn my attention to it. And really that is a part of the conversation is just being present with whatever it is that you're desiring to talk to and then letting go of the expectation of it you know a plant has not yet said my name in english to me (laughs) you know or spoken to me in the language that people use but the the ways that plants will talk to you it takes a certain kind of patience and presence because they function in a completely different way with time, you know, but if you allow yourself to be present with a plant, you'll get all sorts of information from the plant 
that just comes to you like, oh, this plant seemed like it wasn't doing very well. And then I just hung out with it and then it started to do better. Just like really simple things like that. And then of course, being um, an adventurer and a curious person, I just would start asking plants all sorts of questions. It, kind of, it started about 20 years ago, I was introduced to the concept that uh, there's a consciousness in all things and that there's a consciousness in the plants. And I'd been reading all of these stories about, you know, all of this like nature spirits and stuff like that. And I wasn't really sure what I thought about it. I mean, it seemed really fun, you know, and so I wanted to believe in it. But, you know, at the same time, I was taught to be pretty skeptical and like, learn, you know, prove it, prove it, prove it, the kind of scientific battle cry, you know. And so then I just started going into the garden, into different gardens, and I would just say, okay, if there's a consciousness here, hi, what, hi, how are you doing? What are you doing? What's it like being a garden? And then I would just ask a bunch of questions, and I started to notice that the more I engaged, a, the more interesting it was for me. The moment I would ask a question, my own curiosity would go out over the garden in a different way. And then I was more engaged and it just made me happier. And then I started, I just kept on asking and asking and I would ask things about like, hey plant, where should I cut this? Or do you want to be cut or not cut? And I would kind of just go for it. And every once in a while, I'd get a little sense of, no, don't cut that. Or yeah, cut that. And then as I would ask more questions and read more, I discovered that what I knew to do was the thing that you're supposed to do. I would, I would ask the question. And then at first, Later on, I would get the confirmation that like that was a, a useful way to interact with that plant. The scientists proved it, you know, but what I've enjoyed so much is that you can kind of cut out the middle person and just go right to what do I know and what what can I how can I interact here that would be a contribution. I love that. That's actually because that kind of led into another question I had too around like how do you know like because I don't I don't have a lot of information like I don't I don't have information on taking care of plants. I've never never read any books about it. I've never had any education like of this is how you you know take care of a plant. So um but I do like you know I I talked to things like I uh, so when I walk back I got plants recently during COVID throughout my back and because uh, we're spending so much time at home. And um, when I'm like walking in, you know, to, into my house and I look over at the plants, it's like I can hear them. They're like, water me. And I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. It's been a couple, it's, yeah, it hasn't rained and I never watered you. Okay, I'm going to water you. But like when it came to like cutting them, like the, you know, when the leaves get overgrown or like the some of the leaves start to um, die a bit, I'm like, should I, should I cut you? Should I like, and that's. Well, and, and that's the fun thing is that, you know, there's, there's really no right or wrong way to do it, even though people will tell you that there is, you know, people have all sorts of points of view, but 
if you are engaging with your curiosity, being present for the most part will keep you from doing anything that's just totally going to kill that plant. You'll just have a sense of it, you know? And worst case scenario, you kill a plant. That plant is not going to come hunt you down and try and get revenge, you know? And you get to learn. So maybe you do something that like really, you know, killed the plant next time, you know, and a lot of the time along the way, you're getting little, you're getting little cues that are energetic cues. And even when it goes, you know, quote unquote, the wrong way, you're still getting cues. And all of those cues get to be something that you take with you. So like for me, you know, when I first came across this idea of, like I said, the consciousness of the plan, I was maybe very overcautious. And I remember I would cut a plant and then I would stand there and be like, are you okay? What can I do now? And then, you know, and I had been doing a bunch of different like kind of metaphysical things and learning about like shamanic stuff. And I was like, do I, do I need to like make an offering for this leaf or like, what do I, what do I do with the plants aura or, you know, like what, what do I do? What do I, but, and so I kind of freaked out a little bit, but I started to notice that like, well, my caring is just so much that that actually has an energy to it. And if I can have that caring and relax and not beat myself up, then I become more able to hear kind of what's going on. So like, I'll go and I'll start pruning a plant. I'll, I'll just look at the plant and notice, okay, where is the energy flowing? And is there anywhere that the energy is not flowing very well. And you can just ask that and you start to kind of have a sense of it. And then you, like a plant is having to send water and everything all through the, you know, the stem and the trunk or whatever kind of plant it is. And then, you know, it's moving, the water is moving, the energy is moving all through the plant. And if there's a place where it's not moving very easily, sometimes you can just cut that off and it makes it easier. It like conserves the energy for the plant, you know? And so what I would start doing is just noticing a plant and then saying, okay, is there any way that I can contribute to you? And just asking that question, then I would just relax and not try and figure it out. And then just start to go about my business and like pluck some things here. And, and like I said, you know, sometimes I would notice, oh, that didn't seem like the right thing to do. But even those moments of what somebody else might call a mistake were such a gift for me to acknowledge that I noticed something. I noticed the difference between cutting a leaf and having it be like, yeah, and cutting a leaf and having it be like, oh, sorry, <laughs> you know? And, and either way, like the plant didn't, you know, try and beat me up or anything. And then over time, I just now am able to look at a plant and have much more of a sense of what to do and what not to do, you know? But it, but it really did come just from like a delight in seeing things grow, 
you know, and, and seeing things be healthy. And then, you know, there are like with access consciousness, there's for people who've done the bars, there's this body process. I'm not sure if people have done it or not done it, who will be listening to it, but um, to this podcast, but um, there's a really simple thing that you do at the beginning of the bars where you basically, you just like put your hands on somebody's head and then you ask for energy to flow freely through their body. And it kind of opens up all of the places where maybe things have been a little bit stagnant or something. And so I, I also studied acupuncture for a long time and I had an acupuncture clinic. And so I, you know, with needles, I would spend a lot of time trying to get like energy moving through people's bodies. But then when I came across the bars, I was so excited that you can just like ask, you can just ask for energy to flow through. You don't have to study Chinese. You don't have to, you know, spend years and years in college. You can just ask for the energy to move freely through that person's body. And so I was so inspired by how simple that was that one day I went out to a plant of mine that um, was was not doing very well. Like <clears throat> it had died back over the winter. So most of its energy was in its roots and it wasn't coming back in the springtime. So I just went up and I just touched it and I just asked for energy to flow through it. So, and that was it. And I just, I like kind of reached down into the ground with my awareness or just had a sense of what, is there any life in the roots of this plant? And I just asked for all of the energy of the earth to come flowing through this plant and up through its body and through my body where I was touching it and just out into the world and just kind of imagine like a stream of energy. And then that week it started to come back to life, you know? So I, so I engage with plants just with my enthusiastic uh, appreciation of them. And then also I do like to touch them and notice what that creates from my body and then see if I can play with different energetic things and create something more for the plant's bodies, you know? So I get to just explore because again, you know, like where else do you get to interact with something that's really not going to judge you? Wow, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You get to engage with a living thing that's not gonna run away and not gonna get mad at you. Even if you do, even if you do kill it, it's so even if you accidentally step on it. <laughs> I love that. And Monica, you mentioned at the start too, like about the nature spirits with the plants. And um, I actually am, uh, I'm very, I love playing with nature spirits and I grew up in Ireland. So um, I'm danced a lot on golf courses and was um even though I didn't know that they were around, I know now that they were. And so do plants have nature like do plants have certain nature spirits, a specific nature spirit that comes around them? Or are they different? It's amazing. It's like it's very what I've noticed is that it's very different in different parts of the world. There's some of like the culture of the world in that region 
that is a part of it. And then also the types of plants and the types of animals. It's like the consciousness takes on different form, just like it takes on different physical form. It takes on different energetic forms in different places as well. And so I've noticed a lot of like, there's some energies that, um, that you could call a nature spirit that are like just kind of an energy that is like with the leaves or an energy that's with the flowers. And then there are energies that have kind of more of an identity. And they, a lot of the times, like the, the main thing that I've noticed throughout is that they're quite playful, you know, and that there's this light kind of giggly energy to it. And then in different places, there are different types of nature spirits that have a sense of like communion with the earth and are very like they're actively nurturing and working with the plants. So you have all sorts of different types of energy that has a whole different type of life, you know, and different relationships to the world around them, you know, that you can engage with too, you know. So it depends, like when I was in Finland, it was very different than when I was in Sweden. And then the energies that were around the plants were very different than when I was in Brazil, you know. And some of them, and then in Ireland too, when I was in Ireland, it's a totally different energy too, you know. And and you can just notice that there are some energies that are, it's like the plant itself, when it's alive and thriving, is a, a host to many different other energies. It can be bugs or fungus or other types of plants. And you can notice the, the richness of the diversity that each plant will host. And that goes beyond just what we see um, as embodied in a way that we're familiar with, like a bug or a little animal or something like that. There are different types of energies also that are that are nurturing and being nurtured by the plants. I love that. And actually I do dance outside and I dance around my plants and it's so interesting when I when I do start to dance like that, like how that's the energy I perceive from the plants, like just like that joyful, like little, just kind of like uh, little twinkly energies around the plants. And uh, it's not something I necessarily see with my physical eyes. It's more like, just like a perception. And you know, it's funny because when I first started um, really trying to engage with plants in a different way, I had been dancing for many years. And at that time I trusted my body more than most anything. I definitely, I knew that like with my mind, I could be fooled and I could like try and use some logic and like end up nowhere, <laughs> you know, just tell myself a story and not actually be any closer to what was really going on. But my body, I, I had a trust in my body's awareness and my body would, I would have different sensations and stuff like that, that I had been um, playing with. And that I, like I said, I just trusted. And so when I would go into the garden, I would ask my body to show me what was going on, 
And so then I could go stand next to a plant and I would have kind of what you're saying that like sparkly energy or just an energy of like being really alive or I would go somewhere else and they would just have a different quality, you know? And it was like all of the different kind of, it's like, it's a big song and all of the different characters are include everything. So it includes the plants, it includes the water, it includes the birds and the crickets and the people and all of that all together is this like movement of energy that you can engage with directly without even having to understand it with your head, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's that movement of energy. When I start moving my body, it's so, it's there, it's clear as day. But if I was to stand next to a plant and talk to it, I, I, like that, I wouldn't be as trusting. Right, exactly. Well, it's because we also have a specific idea about what talking to something means. Mm. And, And what receiving information means. It's like, you know, with plants, it can be quite obvious, you know, if you haven't watered them in a long time and you look at them and they're drooping. Yeah. It's like, oh, what are you saying? Oh, <laughs> you know, it's it can be obvious. But, but you know, like you can get into your car and notice there's something off and maybe it's your tires or something. I mean, it's talking to you even though it doesn't like knock on your door and say, excuse me, would you please put more air in my tire? You know, so we're receiving like information and conversation in a way from everything all the time. But when we have the point of view that it has to come in a certain way or we don't get it, then we just kind of act as though we're not getting a bunch of information. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty massive. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then when you start to like really acknowledge that you are getting so much information from the world around you and you relax, like that's, I always think that's the most like ninja Jedi skill that you can ever cultivate is relaxation. <laughs> you know, it's the most masterful thing you can do is be able to relax in the face of anything. And Mm -hmm. so when you have all of this information coming to you, if you tense up and you try and figure it out, you actually kind of reject some of it. But if you instead just relax and allow yourself to notice it, then there's so much that you can play with. And it's, it's not that you should play with something or another. I mean, I can go into a house and say it's very messy. The first thing that I'm going to be interacting with there is probably the plants. It might be just as useful to go sweep the floor or just to leave the house. I mean, there's so many choices and different people would go about it in a different way. But for me to engage with the plants, it brings me joy, you know? And then I'll notice when, like, if I go into a house that's kind of crazy and I just go and like clean up the plant, then the whole room gets more alive somehow. There's this like, like the, the consciousness of the room is like, yay, you noticed me, hi. Or, you know, there's this vibrancy that you can perceive 
that goes beyond words, definitely. I love that. And it's like we all are drawn to different things. Like for some people, like you, it might be plants. For someone else, it might it might actually be cleaning the house, engaging totally. the house and cleaning it makes you more relaxed. Totally, yeah. totally. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, so I invite people to talk to plants partially because I want to talk to the people who want to talk to plants because I want to know what they have discovered and, and play with, you know, the, the different things that the plants have been telling them. But really, you could, you could talk to the cars, you could talk to antiques, you could talk to bodies, you could talk to, like, there's just, you can talk to animals. There's and just so, so much. There is. And I just love to know, like, because I know people listening can almost hear, like, what do you talk to plants about? Or what do plants talk to you about? Oh, okay. So, um, well, it's funny because there's, it's actually, sometimes I can go into somebody's house and I'll notice the plants will, like, tell me the points of view that the people have about themselves or that they have about the plants, you know, like, uh there are times that people um, have the point of view that they're not really a very good gardener. And you can go in and be like, oh, she doesn't believe in herself, does she? <laughs> With plants, you know, you just like you can just get the sense of that. Or um, so when I go into people's houses, I do. I am a little bit of a nosy snoop person I go hey plants what's going on <laughs> you, you know just to to be like okay is there something that usually when I go into people's houses they're my friends and I'm like oh is there some lie that my friend is telling themselves that um that the world around them is reflecting that if I get a chance I'll I'll say you know hey is that true? Or, you know, I just like to have the information in case it comes up, you know, so the plants can tell me about what's going on with people. But then, you know, there are other things. Um, I talk to plants a lot about bugs and um, because plants will have different like pests and stuff like that. And so I a lot of the time I'll ask them, you know, OK, so what is this? What are you doing here with this? Rather than just trying to like eliminate all of the bugs. And there have been times that um, I've noticed that a plant wasn't doing very well. And then I asked it what it was about. And it basically kind of showed me that it was making itself available for some bugs that were required for some other bugs that were required for some other animals. So it's like, because the plants don't exist as separate, you know, it, it's, there's it's selfless, you know, there's like a, a plant can like give of itself to its death but it's not really its death, it's just a transformation. And then everything grows and grows from there. And then um, sometimes you can, you know, look at the plants that are growing somewhere and it will tell you about what's going on with the soil. Different plants will show up to nurture the earth, to, to bring specific nutrients to the earth so that in one year or 20 years, different possibilities are available there. Different plants can grow there because of the soil, because of what some other plant did 20 years ago. So 
it's, you know, it gets kind of like trippy when you start to like really engage with it. But, but the thing is that, you know, the ways that I'm aware with plants are quite different than the ways that other people are aware, but really just as you engage the, the limit to what you can discover is just, you know, how far you're willing to question. And I will sit with a plant for quite a while and just be like, oh yeah, what else? What else? What else? And I'll get a sense of different things that is just like, oh, that's information that I know now. And sometimes I can put it into words and sometimes I can't, but it's an energy, it's a quality that I know. And, and then there will be times that later I will get some sort of more information or confirmation that lets me know about that. <clears throat> yeah, like one thing is an example. <clears throat> so I, um, I was reading a book the other day and in the um, just one passage in this story was uh, that this person was going into this forest and they said it was the most aware forest that they'd ever been in. And the forest seemed, it was almost like the forest might kind of beat you up if you weren't paying attention. It was kind of a magical, mystical forest. But, you know, when they said it was the most aware forest, I thought, huh, what, okay, what is that? And then I got, oh, it's really old. And so there's a lot of information about like the mother trees um, in a forest where there will be certain trees that hold a lot of information that gets passed on to the other trees, information about, you know, different pests and disease, and they will actually send, you know, sugars to other trees that they will nurture the other trees. So they're kind of like a hub of information. And so in that moment, when I was like, oh, what makes for an aware forest? Oh, all of these mother trees. And, um, and I know that with a lot of the clear cutting that is done with the forest, you know, this practice has cut down all of the trees, not just the younger ones. So it's cut down kind of the, the energetic information that is available there. And so I just had this sense of like, oh, what if, what if I could be a warehouse of information energetically that could contribute to the plants as well? What if I could be a mother tree? What if we could be like a mother tree, you know? And I got so excited about it, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be a mother tree. I don't know what that is exactly, but it sounds really cool. And and um, and so then I, I went to the forest and I said, okay. And I went up to a plant and I said, all right, uh, hi, Mr. Tree, how are you doing? I uh, would like to be a mother tree. Is there any like, <laughs> is there any energetic information that I can reach into and receive from anywhere in the world and that I can contribute to you? And you know, when I do these things, it's like, usually I don't do them on a podcast. <laughs> Usually I don't tell everybody about it. I just do it like this secret crazy person that I am, you know, because what would it hurt? It doesn't hurt anything for me to go touch a tree and try and be a mother tree. 
<laughs> but so I went up to it and I just was like, okay, so what is it that I can be? What is it that I know that would be a contribution? And when I touched the tree, it, I, my body had a really cool sensation. And I was like, wow, that was cool, great. And then I went on about my day. And then more recently, um, I believe it was Gary Douglas, the uh, one of the co-founders of Access Consciousness, he was talking, he suggested for us to be like the mother trees. And what he said specifically was that like a mother tree is a, a dominant source of possibilities. Wow. And, and would you be willing to be a dominant source of possibilities? And I was like, whoa, yes, I would love that. Do I know exactly what that is? No, I don't specifically. But it was cool because I had this little bit of a sense of like, oh, I can be a mother tree. But I went into kind of a different direction with it, you know. And that's not wrong. That's just a direction that I went. And then when I heard this, I like received more information that filled out even more of how I'm now able to engage with plants and with people and with animals. You know, it's like to be a dominant source of possibilities. Part of that is to be willing to know what you know that is so different, you know and that maybe other people aren't talking about and and you get to be the one who talks about it and you get to play with that and be that in the world and you don't have to hold on to it like it's right and perfect and never needs to change you just you get to be that for a moment and then let the whole world give you more information and change it and you know so I love that so much. I just watched Avatar last night and Ren Bars um watching it and like it's all about the mother tree and Avatar as well. Oh my god, someone just wrote a big I live with this forest and have for twenty-two years now, wondering to sell this land and leave as plans planes have been flying very low over here with noise pollution and toxic fumes. It isn't light when I ask for me to sell this land, however, wondering what the forest has to say about this going on and me leaving here. Can you sense <laughs> anything from a distance, Monica, that you can contribute? <laughs> the question from a listener. Cool. Well, um, first of all, does, does the forest have a point of view about the plains? That's what I would ask. Um, you know, like we, we as people, we like to decide what is good and what is bad. And sometimes what is good or bad for us, um, from our point of view, the world around us might not have that same point of view. And, and yet, you know, you, no matter what points of view you have, like obviously from your question, and the fact that you're willing to even talk to the land, like what a gift you are there. You know, you being willing to talk to the land is so different than so much of the people on the planet, you know? And so it's like you being there already are a, a source of possibilities just for the receiving of the, the forest. And then with all of the stuff of the planes, it's like, what questions can you ask? What 
what more can you discover? I mean, it might be that like the forest is saying, no, don't leave yet. And it invites you just to get over your point of view. And then once you get over your point of view, it's like, okay, now you can go. <laughs> or, or who knows? I mean, it may be something else. And this is really where your journey gets to go, where you just get to be really honest about the points of view that you have. And then you get to talk to the whole world around you and be like, what is this? What, what are these points of view that I have? What are they creating? Forrest, what would you like? Can you show me? Is there someone else who, who can be a steward of this land? You know, you can also say, if you would like to, I would like to go. Can you assist me to shift this? And how long might that take? And what, what can I do to find somebody else that you would like land or, you know? So you just get to ask a bunch of questions, but just notice like, if there's anywhere that you start to have a kind of a strong point of view about something, it's not even that your strong point of view is wrong or right. The, the primary thing that I've noticed is that when you have a strong point of view, it cuts down on your ability to hear. That's it. So you hear your own point of view. It's like when I would do acupuncture and I would be working on people's bodies. If my body was in a lot of pain, I couldn't really tell what was going on with their body so much. It's like if I'm screaming, it makes it harder to hear somebody whispering to me, you know. And so when you're wanting to expand your consciousness or talk to a forest, which is a very amazing thing, you know, if you have some other points of view that are kind of speaking to you loudly, no matter what they are, it just might uh, make it, it might diminish your ability to hear what else is being said. I hope that's helpful. That was really, yeah. She said, <laughs> she said thank you, amazing conversation. My body is more the barometer here with all of this. Ah, cool, cool, yay, bodies. <laughs> and thank you for listening to your body. And thank you for asking the forest. I mean, and that's one thing that I get so excited about, you know, it's like, what would this world be like if we had more people engaging the plants? And, you know, I just want to say there, Monica, because that point of view, like, you know, about like the strong points of views people have about like, you know, the damage that's been done to the art and like, like toxic, like, you know, toxins and all that stuff. Like, um, and people try to like go like fight against it or try to stop it rather than with access and Gary and Dane and Shannon and a lot of people are like, what we're talking about now is actually, no, what can we create beyond this? Um, and even in Avatar last night, like when the, you know, when the humans were coming in with their machines and their bombs and their, they're there and they were coming in to like tear down the forest and she what they said was well the mother tree doesn't take sides so she wasn't so even though the humans were coming in to tear down the forest the mother tree wasn't going to judge she didn't have a point of view and i think that is so amazing like that the art does not judge no matter what what mankind does to the art it doesn't actually judge it 
And if we can come out of the strong points of views we have, like you said, we can actually create so much something so much greater. Totally, totally. And then we can be we can be a dominant source of possibilities. Like when you're just stuck in the the right and wrong, the left and right, or my side, your side, then you you don't really move that much. You just keep that fight going. And when you can actually like open up and let go of the fight and take take all of your energy out of the fight, then you have energy to go somewhere else, you know? And it may be your energy that is helping the fight to stay there, even though, of course, we might not want that, you know? So like really letting go of, you know, your side and just relaxing. This is where it's so cool to be able to talk to the earth because the earth isn't taking sides. We have this amazing friend, ally, you know, being, the being of the earth that is willing to be present with us and to show us something different. And we get to listen. And like I said, it's easier to listen when you're not screaming your own point of view. Then you can allow yourself to be transformed by the world around you. To actually be willing to not judge is so incredibly different than what we've been growing up with. It is a change. And that change, you choosing to be the energy of that difference, it creates different ways to engage with the world. And, you know, there are all sorts of things that like all of these a lot of them are young people, but a lot of young people that are doing to like work with clearing the plastics from the ocean and, you know, all of these different things to to engage with what is here and to change it. Not to vilify it, even though that's like our favorite thing to do and fight it, but just to be present with what it is. And then you get to ask, okay, what else is possible? Like my example of like seeing some bugs on a plant. Most gardeners are like, get them off. <laughs> you know, they're horrible and icky and gross, but they are a part of what is feeding something else. And they, yeah. So it just, when you allow your perspective to open up, you get more information and you can make different choices that are more inclusive of greater possibilities. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Monica. I said it'd be quick, but it wasn't. So <laughs> my bad. This is great. This is great. And I told you be careful because I could yeah. on and on. So you did. Um, I have one last thing. So if there was any um is there any plant movies that you recommend or like mm. movies that really get you like doesn't have to be specifically plants. Hmm. Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, nothing is coming to mind. It's a big blank. Uh, out. Just go outside. Go, <laughs> go outside and, and watch the big movie unfolding. Oh, maybe you could like make your own movie. 
Mm. of just like paying attention to one plant and seeing the dramas that unfold there. I mean, there are interesting books like um, The Secret Life of Plants that is not necessarily the easiest read. And uh, it is, um, I think that there's a movie version of it too. It has a lot of like, look, we're proving that this exists, um, which is kind of, I find a very interesting energy, but what they show is very inspiring, you know? Um, that's so funny. I think that there may be a billion different books and movies that are in my head and they are gone right now. Yeah, and we did mention Avatar as well. And yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's there's other. Um, there's that one that just came out too, the documentary, I haven't watched it yet, the fun Fungi, Fungi. Oh yeah, the yep, yep, fantastic fungi, fantastic fungi. And then there is the um, kiss the ground, which is talking about the dirt, which is incredibly interesting. Yeah, and Barbara just wrote there the secret garden. Yeah, me and Barbara came across the secret garden one day when we were trading bars and we put it on, and that one is actually amazing because that is actually where the when the the garden is dying. And um, because like there's nobody like playing or taking care of the house. And so this kid comes and when the child starts playing in the garden, she discovers this whole secret garden and the whole garden becomes alive and everything. Like she starts to talk to all the plants and trees and everything. So that actually is a good one as well. That's a great one. I remember reading that book when I was really young. I forgot about that. I should watch the movie. <laughs> yes, watch the movie and run bars. Tara Tagalinti. Tagalinta. Sorry, I'm really bad with the Italian. She said, uh, since the class, so obviously talk to the plants class that Monica does, I came home and my basil has tripled in size. Amazing. I, it's amazing. I was so glad. Yeah. So yeah. actually now mentioning your talk to the, do you want to let people know um, what yeah. you have coming up and where they can find you and stuff? Yes, yes. So I've started a Facebook group, Talk to the Plants. And I've done some different um, live, live in person with the plants videos there. And then I did just do a talk to the plants class that was quite amazing, an intro class. And, and that's available in my shop. Um, and, and then I'm going to be doing um, a live class as soon as I can somewhere, I believe in Mexico, but there, there are many more things coming in the works for different talk to the plants classes. And then Dr. Dane here has the earth wizards um, Facebook group where there's just all sorts of conversations going on there. And I may be doing another um, Facebook live or zoom there um, in the beginning of January on talking to plants. So if you go to that Talk to the Plants Facebook group, you can find me and we can talk about plants. <laughs> we can talk to the plants and then just you're all welcome to reach out to me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Monica. Thanks for being here. Um, and thanks everyone for listening, watching. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.